Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 39 of the Instant Feedback Podcast with me Marcus Keeley. Hello, are you getting on? This heat is something else isn't it? Not really built for it, not my thing. But hopefully, as I think I probably said this time last year, good luck to you. If that's what you're into, then you enjoy it, but it won't be long now before the wet, cold, miserable nights draw in and we're already past the summer solstice. It's getting darker by the day, so I've got that to look forward to. And you have this episode to look forward to, in which I talk to Rachel Campbell Palmer, who is the director of The Black Box. And previous listeners will know, and people who know me will know, that The Black Box is a place that I would frequently go to, would frequently have shows on. So it was a nice opportunity to talk to someone on the podcast who is representing The Black Box and we'll have a bit of a chat about what the black box has been up to during lockdown and some of mine and Rachel's favourite memories of the black box. Now, it's not as if the black box is closed forever. We will hopefully be back through its doors. So we we have a wee bit of a, a chat about the black box and there's some friends of the show will be popping in with their own memories of the show as well throughout this episode. So yeah, that's pretty much it. In other news, you can catch me on twitch.tv forward slash Marcus Keeley. I'm on pretty frequently. I'm on every Friday night at 10pm for Friday Fun, where you can join in along with me, have a bit of a chat and have a bit of a laugh online with me. Um, apart from that, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, here is the episode. Thanks very much for listening. And I will let you be hearing from me soon. I was going to say I'll hear from you soon or you'll see me soon, but that's not correct. You'll, you'll be hearing from me soon. I guess, within the context of this podcast medium. Anyway, bye. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined today by Rachel Campbell Palmer. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Marcus. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Do you like it whenever people say your full name? I I can't help it with like double barreled names. I always like to say the whole thing. I know people say that. I've got one of those names. You have to say the whole thing. You can't just say... Rachel, um, but Rachel's fine. Rachel, Rachel Campbell so sounds a bit, uh, sounds a bit of a mouthful sometimes. Sounds quite formal. <laughs> or yeah, it sounds like you're you might be up in court or something like that, or in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> in, in some way. Um, how are you? How are you getting on? Um, I'm getting on okay, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, surviving. It's been a tough old year, and um, I'm actually speaking to you kind of just not long after our one year anniversary of being closed. Um, the black box being closed so um, yeah it's kind of hard to believe it's been a year and uh, I don't know it's quite feels a relief and and uh, feels like quite an achievement that we've got through this past year as well yeah exactly um, anytime I'm, I'm down in town I do always mm-hmm. take a wee detour to the black box and take a wee picture of it for some reason oh, I don't know well. I don't know why I just go I'll, it's closed I'll just I'll take another wee photo of it sure I don't know why I'm doing it but every time I'm in that part of town oh. I um well, take a wee down there yeah it's nice to know that you're people are still thinking about us um and yeah I think there's lots of people out there missing the place as well as as me and the rest of the team well, any any uh, frequent listeners uh, to the show will know that um, I can, I conduct a lot of my I say conduct as if it's a real you know um, scientific approach. 
uh, to talking to people, but I conduct um, a lot of um, my interviews for the show back in the day, back when we could go out to it um, at the black box. And um, a, a good portion of it is also just looking at the black box's website and go, what's coming up and seeing the various artists or shows and go, Mm, maybe I'll pop down and see if I can get talking to this person, you know. So um, that's that's basically part part of the reason why I wanted to wanted to chat to you and you you you're embodying the black box for the purpose of this interview because <laughs> I did I did have a look at the website just to see what was coming up and as you say you've you've closed your doors there for a year like a lot of places but there's still events happening there's still stuff people can can go to and yeah. well go to virtually and see. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, um, there is. There's still a lot going on. Um, and that was like really important uh, for us on a number of levels. Um, I suppose we, I mean, not a lot of people might not know um, about the Black Box as an organisation. We also run um, a lot of different projects and programmes formed by people with learning disabilities. And that was kind of one of the things we were really um, concerned about taking um, online straight away because we wanted to make sure we could stay connected with those audiences and um, that would have been you know, socially isolated before COVID and then further impacted by COVID. And um, some of those group members, I mean, we've been seeing every week for the past five or six years. And uh, we, yeah, we really wanted to make sure that we could stay connected with those audiences. So we sort of just jumped in and took our um, weekly workshops online onto Zoom and started running um, interactive sessions. Um, pretty much, let's see, we closed on 16th, I think the 16th of March was our last day that we were open. And then we had a session online that following Thursday. Um, and to be honest, we weren't sure if it'd work or how it would work, but we just thought, well, let's try it. Um, and we started doing that and then um, we were actually really surprised by how well it worked um, and how well we were still able to uh, achieve that sense of you know, community um, through using an online platform. Uh, but we also recognised that we weren't going to be able to reach everyone that way. So um, we sort of had a combination of the online interactive sessions. Um, we would send out activity packs to people, make regular phone calls. And then we also um, design monthly events and sort of video resources um, with like DJ sets and um, different activities, just so there were a number of different ways people, you know, could engage with the organization. Um, and then uh, we were actually able to get some funding as well to get out tablets with Wi-Fi access to some group members that didn't have access to the internet. I think that's something to, it's important to remember as well, like, you know, everyone had to get used to working online, working digitally, digitally, such a hard word to say, um, very quickly. But for a number of people, like, you know, they don't, they don't have that access and, you know, you can take it kind of for granted. Um, uh, so we, that, yes, that was um, really important for us to try and get that equipment, those resources out to people that needed it. Um, and that was sort of our first um, protocol. Um, and then we sort of branched out from that and started trying a different things. Um, I mean, like many people, there was a lot of experimentation of what's gonna work, what's not gonna work, let's try stuff and see. Um, and that very much actually is just within the ethos of the black box anyway. And that's sort of like, you know, we have a very um, uh, sort of DIY and, and grassroots uh, methodology where it's like learning by doing, we try it and see if it works. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work, that's fine, we try something else. Um, so alongside, those programs I talked about 
We've also um, had uh, the Skull, um, monthly Skull um, nights that you can engage with online um, and they're streamed live across Facebook and Instagram. And um, that's, that's a night that, a uh, monthly event that takes place in the green room at the Black Box with Duncan Ross, uh, Stuart Watson um, and Ryan Fitzsimmons and it's live drawing and music. So uh, that was quite interesting to sort of figure out how this was gonna work online and um, usually you can submit requests to Duncan in the green room um, and he will create drawings then and there from whatever uh, interesting conceptual thoughts or things that you put down on the page and um, he will kind of realize it visually and then Stuart and Ryan provide um, the soundtrack with great DJ sets. So um, we have a version of that that goes out every month where you can you can watch Duncan draw live and submit requests through um, Facebook and Instagram. And then Ryan and Stuart create a, a Spotify playlist, which um, is then available to listen to anytime. We've got a really nice collection now of fantastic um, playlists up on Spotify that people can listen to. And that's been really good. And then, um, yeah, we've been doing different activities I guess with uh, festivals partners as well and and part of the um i suppose we also wanted to get the venue set up to start to be able to um facilitate live and pre-record sessions and mm -hmm. make sure that it was had all it, its equipment had its covid measures in place and screens and hand sanitizer everywhere we must have about 10 hand sanitizer points now throughout the venue um and uh yeah just all those um deep cleaning schedules and ppe and um i mean all that took a bit of time to get in place and, and we had to um apply for different grants and funding available to be able to do that but um we were able to get that in place and then start to do events like the culture night belfast actually i think was our first recorded event at the venue um in september and um that was great we had uh susie blue Sinead O'Donnell, performance artist, and 10 by 9, all um, doing performances from different parts of the venue. And um, I was down there uh, myself um, that night and, and with a small team with a sound engineer and, and manager and a few other people. And it was like, it just felt, it felt like such a, a pure like treat and luxury to be able to mm. be in venue with live performances happening because at that point um you know it had been what six or eight months and uh it just I don't know it just made you realize how much how much you miss it um and it was actually when Susie Blue was performing on stage uh, with her band I just felt like really emotional I was like oh my god what I'm watching a live band in a venue um and uh, it just yeah it was just really hit home you know um because the black box is always such a lively space and we have so much activity happening all the time that um yeah it just seemed really poignant you know and you realize yeah just just what hadn't been able to take place over the last few months yeah it was it was interesting to see um because you were talking about you know the the online stuff and the and the festival mm -hmm. stuff i watched a few uh performances of the um i think it was like the lunch uh festival 
and yeah. I, I watched that on a lunch break while working from home and it was like i, was, I remember seeing um Teresa livingston um yeah. a good good personal friend and uh, just get that in there um <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so odd just to see as you say because obviously i've not well no one really has been to the black box or, or the green room in so long mm-hmm. it was so odd to see someone familiar on the stage that you hadn't seen in in such a while and it was live as well it was just yeah just even that sensation and it was really well shot as well um it yeah. was multi-camera and it sounded great and the stage and all looked great and i was just sitting at home i think i was eating like a sad bowl of soup or something at the time and i was like <laughs> this is this is great this is great but at the same time still a wee bit sad because you're like mm, it'll probably still be a while but it was it was a nice it was a nice lift to the afternoon to see yeah. the, the space again definitely and the out to lunch um, festival is actually the first live streamed event that we did um so that was really good as well like testing that out in quite an intensive period you know across a few weeks with with um, i think there's about 20 different acts performed in the end and um, everything else before that had been pre-records and you've got a wee bit more um i guess kind of uh like scope there if things don't quite work you know you can you can make changes but when it's live you kind of just have to run with it um but it worked really well and out to lunch um and accidental theater who helped with the broadcasting side of it and um, did a really great job um and there's been so i mean there's been lovely really lovely events like tried out through the venue um you know during this past year um, another one that comes to mind is the moving on music all the knowles event um which was just fantastic and i'm not sure if you saw it and um, i think it's still up on their youtube channel um moving on music our uh, promoter and uh, we work with a lot and they they do brilliant corners festival of jazz and lots of other stuff kind of throughout the year um and this event was sort of dedicated to Noel Stevenson, um, who you might, you probably have seen, or people have probably seen at the venue. Noel's fantastic. He's a huge music fan. And I think he um, is possibly in his 80s now, um, as we come into the venue for years. And uh, you always see Noel at the coolest, most obscure shows. Like anytime, if I'm at a gig and Noel is there, I'm like, okay, this is the place you rent to be tonight. <laughs> Um, and if he's in the venue at the Black Box show, I'm like, yes, okay, we've we've made it here. We've got Noel here, so we know it's a good show. <laughs> um, and he's just such a, a loyal um, and dedicated supporter of of us and moving on music and and other kind of just the live music scene in Belfast in general. And um, the all the Noel's event was just um, you know kind of saying a thank you to all the the supporters and people out there that had been coming to shows over the years and that we're still supporting um us and and artists musicians like through this this time um and it was really lovely the way they set it up uh in that they literally had a performer in every corner of the venue so you walked in and um you know there was someone uh, steve uh davis yeah was drumming in the the foyer and then there was some form in the green room and then you go blue wheel we're on the main stage in um the main venue part and then you, you go through the venue right like someone else is in the dressing room right through to the back um like farrex at doors in the alleyway and there's another artist there 
Um, and it was just this lovely like walk through and journey through the venue and, and again it just sort of it was really like moving to watch and then at the very end as well Noel made a cameo appearance and was just walked past the camera outside the venue on Hill Street and sort of you know nodded his head and said hello um, and it was really great. So it's just being yeah getting to, to try things like that and support other people to create um, you know work like that has been has been really brilliant. Yeah, no, it, it it sounds very nice, and you know, necessity is is the mother of all invention, and in that, and we've all seen things uh, or done things that we maybe wouldn't have before, or wouldn't have even occurred yeah. to us now that we're we're forced um, online, or um, you know, doing things by a, a different medium because well, we don't we don't really have the the, the choice to do it, um, but that. that uh, video that you're talking about and the stories that you're telling I mean like the, the party hasn't really stopped by the sense of things in in the black box but as you said at the start it's thanks to the the great sort of community and the black box has always had a community feeling um I think I was looking earlier to see when was the first time I went to the black box and I think it was in mm -hmm. two, 2008 um okay. so it was what a couple of years after it opened um yeah. And it was, what was it? I'd seen, I was trying to set up a comedy night myself and the only comedy uh -huh. nights that were happening was The Empire, I think, and maybe something over at the Odyssey or the Waterfront or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I saw there was a comedy night in the Black Box Green Room and I went down and just sort of was trying to poach comedians, but also going, is there anyone else here who does comedy? <laughs> and I was just going around the room taking notes on a bit of paper and going, what's your name and what's your number? Right. Do you want to do this gig that's happening maybe in a couple of weeks? Um, but as I said, it's like for, over the years, just the black box has been a very, very dear place and very, very supportive too. Like anytime we've done shows, whether it's like a stand up thing or, or Wonder Frog, the staff are always very helpful and very willing to sort us out, especially if we land at the venue and try and set up and go. Is there any way that we could have, you know, like the projector, but also the sound <laughs> to come out of here? And can we move the chairs? And it's just like there's there's no hesitation. It's just like, yep, no problem. But you always feel bad. But the, we've never been turned down. You know, the staff there are always very, very, um, very willing and very uh, accommodating to whatever you want to do, really. And that uh, that's been the case throughout the black box and maybe some yeah. other venues you wouldn't get it. Yeah, okay. that's that's great to hear. And we really pride ourselves on like being able, you know, trying to do that and just sort of accommodate things like where we can. And and that's the whole I means part of the whole ethos of the space and and the setup of the black box is that they're um adaptable spaces, both the green room and, and the main um, venue space. We try and keep as adaptable as possible to try and accommodate lots of different types of events. Um and yeah we want it we want it to be sort of because sometimes you don't know until you're in the space sort of maybe what changes need to be made and and if things are very sort of fixed and set like the seating's very set or the the projector and the lighting you know it, it's kind of hard to really I suppose um realize you know your creative vision you know if things are very kind of rigid and there needs to be a degree of flexibility there to enable you to make changes sometimes at the last minute um, and that that's definitely like part of um, what we think about in terms of how the space is set up and how it's used and, and how we engage with artists and performers and community groups and anyone that's coming into the space. Hi, Rory Ward here. I've performed many times at the Black Box, my own stand-up or my own stand-up shows or supporting someone else's. 
or even as an actor in some live theatre. And once, where I was uh, pretending to be the soup Nazi at a Seinfeld night, actually serving people soup, and people who claim to be Seinfeld fans being really surprised when I told them no soup for you and didn't give them any soup, call themselves fans. Music gigs, I loved the Rocket from the Crypt gig. It was amazing. Um, and the boys from Lafaro playing as well some of the nights. The memory that sticks out for me at one of my own gigs was actually with and involving Marcus Keeley, uh, where I had a bit of stand-up about the movies, uh, the Saw movies, and I thought it would be funny that while that was going on, that the guy Jigsaw from the Saw movies um, with his little baby jigsaw puppet in a pram would come in because he only gets the baby at the weekends um would come in and take issue with me that i was slagging him off uh in the middle of the show um but we couldn't find a saw mask like a jigsaw mask um so we bought a v for vendetta mask and just wrote i am saw on it and and people bought it and that's what i love about the black box uh you could do things there and it went down really well but I, I wonder, would it have worked anywhere else than uh, than the black box, which is just such a great space. One of the the biggest changes I remember, and it was the talk of the it was the talk of the the comedy town for uh, a, a good straight fortnight. Was whenever okay. um, the green room was upgraded to include a second toilet. Uh, wow! Yes, that was big news. That blew our minds. <laughs> we were just like, "Oh my god, this is fantastic!" It's just like it's it's taking that bit out of the room. Um, well, I was buzzing about it. I think. Well, I think other people were too. Maybe not quite as much as me, but it just after going there for so many years and just walking in one night and going, "What the hell's this? This is fantastic!" <laughs> and then. I remember originally in the green room there wasn't a stage as such, but there was like a raised corner in in yeah. one of the far corners of the rooms, and for a good while we there was comedy nights there. But it was so weird; it was like it was like a display of comedy rather than a show. <laughs> the person was just like in the corner in like a wee one meter raised platform. Um, it was the weirdest right. thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, we we have we've made. You know, sometimes we we are a grassroots organisation. We uh, have limited resources and finances, so it does take a bit of time to kind of get um, make changes and improvements. Sometimes, but we kind of uh, try. We you know, we do our best with what we have. Um, and uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, getting that extra toilet definitely <laughs> was a big sort of landmark in our history because it was terrible in the green before. There was one toilet, and sometimes you could have like. I don't know, like 50 odd people in there. Um, and then when we got the new toilet, we also, um, that will actually, I was going to say that started the toilet commissions, but we, we, we didn't work before then. Helena Hamilton, I think, was the first um, artist commissioned for the toilets. And that sort of set then um, a whole like sort of series of commissions. Um, and we're actually working on a new one with Duncan Ross uh, for when we can reopen, fingers crossed, sometime soon. Um, and we've had a few uh, late night art um, exhibition openings of uh, the toilets. So they've mm. been our, um, our exhibition <laughs> opening for the night. People can come to the launch of the new toilet exhibition. Um, yeah, and then as you said, yeah, we moved the stage in in the middle of the room, which is much uh, works much better just in terms of how the audience uh, can engage with what's happening. As you said, you don't feel like you're you're doing something in the corner. 
<laughs> it was it was weird. I did enjoy it because it just this was like this was in the early early days, like you know. Um, but it was always it was always fun to have that additional challenge of just being shoved in the corner. <laughs> like obviously the the black box didn't you know it wasn't their intention, um, but it was always uh, extra challenging to uh, to do it in in the wee corner there. Um, yeah, yeah. Fond memories of of the wee corner <laughs> is the um is the I take it then the the toilet space um if for people that don't know the 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 green room toilet in the black box is has art all over every inch of it um is there is it in high demand i like i can imagine like the parents of some artists who have you know <laughs> sent their children to the art school and then yeah. bouncing through the front door and go mom dad i've got the green room toilet and people and you know <laughs> them being like um is that a good thing but um no, it's always very interesting art. I imagine it is in, in highly sought after uh, by artists to display their work in. As all the, as that sounds, absolutely. <laughs> no, and it's quite a challenging space, but people have done some really um, uh, interesting uh, work with with the, the confines of the space. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see what Duncan Ross is going to do with it. I'm sure that will be. Uh, interesting it's always it usually ends up as being something quite immersive like you go into the toilet and you're transported into a completely different world or landscape um so leo and laura had one before with this sort of land before time um and kind of planet of the apes sort of uh yeah vibe um, but also had a bit of like uh, references to different like um, old computer games and stuff. And then that was in one toilet and then the other one was like the Belfast love story. And um, it was all like the newspaper kind of screen prints. Um, so, so yeah, it's nice that you kind of can go in there and, and yeah, just sort of be transported into an artwork and not just looking at an artwork. <laughs> You're making me nostalgic for some toilets. It's just that it's all coming back to me. It's just like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm talking about the toilets. Just being like, yeah, that's right. And there's that. And then going in and going, oh yes, that that my favorite bit of graffiti is still here as well. And <laughs> just seeing what the updates are to it. It's weird the things that you miss. You miss uh, lavatorial based uh, graffiti mm -hmm. after being in the house. Maybe I'll just do it to my own bathroom. Just start drawing well, all over the walls. It. There you go, get inspired. So we like to do, Marcus. <laughs> um, speak, speaking of toilets and the black box as well, I, um, I, I, one of the shows I did in the black box, my poster with a sort of, uh, my, it's a caricature um, uh, of myself for the poster, um, drawn by uh, Miguel Martin, um, oh, yeah. which is right. the second second mention Miguel's got in this in this uh, series of uh, episodes that I'm doing recently. Uh -huh. um, Every now and again, someone uh, who visits the ladies in the in the main room toilet sends me a photo of my own face in there. Um, and it's always interesting to see how defaced or how scrawled over it's getting because some people haven't taken kindly to my face. Um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, um, it'll live beyond this, so I, I can get more photos of, of ladies' bathrooms within that context, of course. <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, um, and I, just as you mentioned, Miguel, um, it's going to get more airtime here, but it just remind me of the um, 14th birthday event that we did uh, actually right at the start of lockdown in May to celebrate the Black Box 14th birthday. And um, we sort of put together this programme and uh, which you can watch on our YouTube channel and Vimeo channel if you want to watch it back. It's really, really great um, uh, collection of different uh, performances. But Miguel and Isabel um, uh, did a piece under the name of Quarantine 
Collective. I don't know if you watched it, but they were making these uh, amazing videos um, during lockdown. Um, kind of, I guess, like a bit play school, like children's kind of um, educational videos but um they're really good fun and um miguel's having a lot of fun with the green screen and actually writing songs as well so we had a uh, broccoli song and then a song about uh, painting your fingernails and then um him and isabel did one together uh about a, like a slumber party um and isabel's dressed as a teddy bear so yeah really really good so you should check that out i think you'd enjoy it <laughs> I've seen some of it. I remember in the in the lead up to it, he was posting bits and pieces and small clips yeah. on like Instagram, and I was just looking, going, "What the fuck is he at? Like, what what is this about?" <laughs> like, it was before I think. Well, either I didn't read it properly, or it was before he announced what it was for. But I remember uh, just looking at him, being like, "What?" And then going, "That's a nice green screen, Matt. I wonder where he got that." <laughs> just the technical aspect to it, I was going, "Oh, that looks really good. I wonder what he used for that." Yeah, really, really well done. Hi, my name's Emma Little Lawless, and uh, I think my memories of the black box mainly revolve around uh, performing with Wonder Frog um, from about 2013, I think I joined, and lots of packed rooms. And uh, I think one of my funniest memories was when I was trying to hear what the audience were saying. I'd asked for a suggestion and a guy shouted something out and I just called him out in the room. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. What did you say? Ass to mouth. That's disgusting, sir. Ass to mouth? No, no. Turned out he was trying to say astronaut. So, my bad. Um, we've talked We've talked a bit about um, my humble beginnings with the black box and, mm-hmm. and the first time I went there. What about, what about, what about you, Rachel? How, how, how did, yeah, you. How did you, um, how did you get to the, the heady heights of, of where you are in the black box? What's, <laughs> what's your history of the black box? Right, well, I suppose my history with the black box starts with probably the first time I was at the black box as well. You were talking about your first um, experience of it in 2008. Um, I think the first time I was there, it was 2007, and it was to see, I went to see Melvin's um, play in the black box. And I uh, don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're uh, a brilliant band kind of um I suppose associated with the whole Seattle grunge scene but what they were doing was more kind of proggy experimental um and they had two drummers and um it was just like oh it was just the most amazing gig seeing them perform in this like 240 capacity um venue the two drummers going and the crowd just absolutely uh, loving it and I was like this is incredible what is this place um, and I suppose that really began my kind of love affair as an audience member of the Black Box. Um, and so I went back then to see many different shows. Um, but it wasn't until, um, let me think, I had been living in Canada for um, a few years and I'd just come back to Belfast, I think 2014, 2015, um, and uh, got a job at the Black Box as a uh, duty manager in the venue initially and at that time I was also um, part of Platform Arts which is a studio um, collective um, artist studio and contemporary gallery space which actually Miguel is part of as well at that time so I've, I've known Miguel for a good few years um, and so I was there uh, involved in Platform and on the board of directors there um, running the the uh, artist collective uh, you, you did sort of like a two-year voluntary board um, membership to look after the studios and program the gallery space. And I also had a studio there as well. 
I um, come from a visual arts background, I went to art college um, and studied sculpture and installation art. Um, and that's sort of my practice. I still have a, a sculpture practice and part of Flax Studios now. Um, so I was doing that and then I've, I was also working in, with different community arts organisations and um, coordinating and planning events and uh, yeah, doing that and then working in Black Box. So um, I was doing that for a couple of years, maybe just about a year and a half. And then um, the uh, post came up for, as director for maternity cover initially. So I applied for that and, um, and got, the, got the job. Um, and then actually my sort of contract has just been extended from then. So I've been um, in post now for five years. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's sort of, it's good because I, I suppose I have a real understanding of how the venue works as well, like sort of, I guess, on the ground level, if you like, from being um, working in the venue for uh, a couple of years. And then also that experience from an audience member as well. And then also, I suppose, just the different experience I have of the wider kind of arts and cultural sector and ecosystem in Belfast, Northern Ireland and, and kind of beyond is all sort of helps. Uh, yeah, shape and inform um, my role there with the organisation. Um, and it's yeah, it's a place that's very close to my heart and I'm very passionate about and, and really um, what the black box provides for the city is so important in terms of that, um, you know, incubatory uh, space um, and nurturing space and experimental space where you can just try stuff and, and learn from it um, and just have that kind of first I guess step up into um, whatever it is that you want to develop further so if you're an artist or a musician performer in terms of sort of honing your craft and building your audience you know you need a way in you need you need an accessible space where you can start that um, and the black box you know is really important for that and, and also in terms of how it connects other people as well and um, I don't know if you I'm sure you well you mentioned there in terms of how you went to the black box to sort of make notes of people maybe you wanted to work with or go on to develop projects with and and that happens I mean we do that a lot for lots of people in, in different areas and it is real a real sort of hub there in terms you can meet like-minded people and, and lots of ideas and projects and things kind of are shaped and grew from that opportunity um, and you know that's really important and also a space that really uh, supports um, creative risk and uh, isn't afraid to take a risk and take a chance with stuff um, I think that's you know really important to us and a really important role that we fulfill um, we, and sometimes it doesn't work but you know that's okay, and um, you need to have the opportunity to try stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I have been on the the receiving end of that goodwill many a time with the some of the, the the stuff that I've done that maybe hasn't worked out so well. But you know, as you say, the black box will 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 give you a chance, and that was very much my ethos whenever I was running the comedy club and Safe House Arts around the corner for a good few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, I remember Safe House. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know what's there now. An architect's office or accountant's office. Some begin with A, anyway. Yeah, um, I think so. And I mean that um, also just it just makes me think about there just how much the area has changed as well um, over the years and, and around the black box and and we've certainly been part of I guess um, that regeneration as well with with a lot of art other organisations you know like the circus school and oh yeah. 
Um, but when you think back to when the venue opened in 2006, like it was a part of the city that was, I mean, it was quite dark. Um, it wasn't, it was a bit run down, I guess. It wasn't really somewhere that people spent much time um, in, but it was a part of the city that had, you know, artist studios and different creative spaces. Um, and I guess, you know, there's been um, just suppose, a lot of challenges as well that have come from how the area has changed so significantly over the years. I mean, uh, I suppose, well, obviously I'm talking about pre-COVID, but when you're in the cathedral court on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, now compared to, you know, 10, 12, 14 years ago, it's, it's a very different experience. Was the regeneration, well, you, you were talking there of what it you know, used to be like from like, you know, 2006 till probably about what, 2012, and then it really started to yeah. kick off. I, I personally really liked those times because you could go yeah. to the Black Box and then go to Duke, uh, the Duke of York and yeah. then like the John Hewitt. And it was lovely because there was no one yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I agree, yeah. But was there was there a fear? Well, there was for me to a degree because, you know, all the different pubs and there was a lot more people, you know, as you say, on a Friday or Saturday night, it's absolutely packed. Was there any sort of um, reluctance or fear on part of the black box where it's like, look, all these places are popping up and is is this area really our vibe anymore? Or are these new people, in inverted commas, coming to this part of town really going to vibe with the black box and the other sort of artist studio type places around? Was there that or was it seen generally as, oh, there's tons of people here. This is great. Um, no, it's it's been something that has been quite challenging, to be honest. Um, and there's been challenges that have come from it. Um, notably, um, like about four, maybe five years ago now, um, not long after I came into post, whenever the you know the building was put up for sale by the former landlord without any prior notification, and we then had this ongoing kind of legal battle for a number of years to secure our tenancy on Hill Street, and I mean I guess part of that was to do with how. Um, you know, people being opportunistic and property developers being opportunistic about just how um, things had uh, gone up in value because the area was so kind of popular now. Um, and uh, yeah, so there, you know, there's those sorts of challenges. And that that story, I mean, is not unique to us or Belfast. That happens like, you know, sort of throughout the world in terms of, um, you know, areas that do are quite often driven um by different sort of uh, community engaged projects or artist collectives and, and then become very popular and then it becomes a challenging area for those uh, people to then exist within. Um, and it's probably something, to be honest, we're still kind of working our way through in terms of how do we continue to fit in the area or how do we need to, what changes do we need to make? But also, you know, it's really important that we stay true to who we are and our audiences and what we're there to do. You know, we're not interested in, in being um, the same as some of the other like commercial spaces and premises in the area. That's not what we're about. Um, and we definitely yeah, have to consider like how, um, how our audiences, um, you know, do still feel like the black box is their space and, and it's somewhere they want to go within that area um, and make sure that there's not sort of a bit of a conflict there, you know, with people coming to shows at the black box that don't really feel that they um, are maybe kind of at home in the cathedral quarter anymore. So, so yeah, it's definitely something that we, we think about, have been thinking about a lot and continue to think about.
My name is Lorcan McGrain and I've always loved how the black box embraces esoteric cult comedy. One of my favourite gigs was seeing Northern Irish cartoonist Davy Francis doing his autobiographical show Comic Capers with Davy Francis and Chums as part of the Belly Laughs Festival in 2013. I'd grown up reading Davy's work in Oink and other more obscure humour comics like UT, Brain Damage and Electric Soup. And I loved hearing backroom stories of the creation of uh, the strange adult humour comics of the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, we were performing shows on the same day and I was geekly very happy to meet him. And we have remained uh, friends ever since, which my 12-year-old self would have found uh, very unbelievable. Well, obviously, these are different times that we're in. Hopefully, these times are, are coming to an end. And, well, I can't I can't wait for the, the place to reopen again and you know get to do the same old things i would have done every week like uh, i would quite like to go back to that routine of seeing a a comedy show or doing a comedy show on a saturday afternoon and then having a few drinks and then getting home by nine o'clock that's my kind of night (laughs) um obviously whenever whenever we come back you're going to get people back through the door and they're going to be happy to be there is there anything in the past year from being closed and trying things differently that you would be looking to maybe continue or something completely new to implement about your way of, you know, the way the black box works or are you just gagging to get straight back into business as usual? Um, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. We're, I suppose, um, the, there's a few things there, um, in terms of the online, uh, programming and online engagement. I mean, that's something that we definitely want to sort of integrate more into our program going forward so that there is that offer, um, of uh, you know uh, content that people um, audiences can connect with online um, and we're um, in the process of we, we got some fun in there to upgrade our website and incorporate in you know like a I guess like a black box tv kind of element where we can have uh, stuff that's available for people to to view and engage with there and it's something else we want to be able to offer um, you know our audience but also our uh, artists promoters performers and different people we work with as another resource so that's something we're, we're working on and also it, it has been um, a good time to just sort of pause and rethink and re-examine and review a lot of stuff as well so we're kind of just um, I guess uh, reflecting on ourselves and um, seeing if there are improvements that we can make and um, just I guess yeah just get out make things run maybe a bit more um just a bit just improve things I guess um where we can um and I mean that's that's quite often very hard to do because we're such a high level activity space um I mean again pre-covid uh we would be delivering uh up to about 700 events a year um and so there's a lot going on all the time and we're a pretty small team so you know our capacity is quite uh, limited so it can be hard to kind of have those moments to take stock and go okay right how can we improve this because there's just so much happening all the time yeah so um we have that is something that we've been able to do um you know during this this past year and which i think is really great and is definitely going to benefit us and our audiences and all the people we work with going forward um so yeah um yeah absolutely and um and i I just i'm conscious there that i haven't really mentioned of just how much um comedy is such a key part of of what we do um i was talking a lot there about music and stuff but um the black box has sort of become a real home 
you know, for comedy events and um, through people like yourself and, and Graham Watson and Ronan and, and lots of others. And that's, um, yeah, that's been really, you know, fantastic that we've, you know, been able to provide a space for so, so many different um, comedians. And I've seen, yeah, many interesting and experimental performances Yeah, there. it's, it's, it's um, a real home to us comedian sad yeah. sex. I think you've, I think you've, you've <laughs> just made a mistake because you've allowed us to hang about the place and do things, <laughs> you know, um, one, one of the few places where you can do that. So um, thank you, but also sorry, um, it was appropriate. <laughs> Well, there's maybe some things, yeah, you do need to apologise for, but it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. We, we don't mean we don't mean to damage um, the the property too much. I know it's a listed building, but we, you know we we, we try and yeah. we try and be careful. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, so as I said earlier, there still seems to be plenty happening. Um, if mm -hmm. someone wants yeah. to check that out, it's the website's blackboxbelfast.com. Yep, that's right. And the Vimeo channel is vimeo.com forward slash blackboxbelfast. And the same with YouTube. Uh, if you just, yeah, blackboxbelfast um, on YouTube, you'll find it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's things going up there all the time. So, um, yeah, absolutely keep an eye out. Happy days. Well, hopefully I'll get to see you soon. See all your wee faces again. <laughs> I think we're all we're all uh, very much looking forward to just hanging around the green room like a bad smell. Um, <laughs> it's been too long. It has absolutely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Rachel. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you. So thanks very much for inviting me. Thank you. of the box and it'll take care of you. Don't think of it as just another box. Treat it with love. Don't be rough, okay?